Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. All right, so about last week, I was filling in for Stefan Tubbs, the great Stefan Tubbs on 710 KNUS. And Stefan always says, no one better. That's what he says about his guests. And uh, there's no one better afternoon drive time, Denver, Colorado, than Stefan Tubbs. Absolutely the very best. Newsman, has all the gifts and talents. And I was filling in for him. And about 24 hours prior to my show, I came across this song called Rich Men North of Richmond. It was on social media. And man, that hit. And it hit me in a way that took me back to 2016. I wrote an op-ed in August of 2016 in The Hill titled How the Forgotten Man Saw the Rise of Donald Trump. And what I was trying to figure out was how a billionaire from New York City. Now, remember, this is before the election. And he had just won the primary. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what happened. Because in the 2016 election, I personally, again, Centennial, CCU, not at all involved in politics, but I personally thought it was the person that was going to win the 16 election was going to be Jeb Bush. I had come off of the Romney campaign. Romney had beaten Santorum, Ron Paul, or sorry. Yeah, Romney had beaten Santorum, Ron Paul, and he, and he did so because he had a bigger infrastructure. He, he ran his campaign like Bain Capital. Uh, he had spreadsheets to fill out, all this stuff, and that was, that was the inside of his campaign. It was big. It was corporate, and I thought that was necessary to compete in presidential politics. And so when 16 comes around, I'm going, well, Jeb Bush has this type of infrastructure. He's probably going to be the nominee. And then as Jeb fell— I then personally looked at Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio. I like those guys. I wasn't with Donald Trump until the very end. And so in 16, I'm trying to figure out how Donald Trump won the primary. And I'm watching this video. And if you remember, he goes to this coal miners video or this coal miners rally in West Virginia. And the place is going nuts. And he's got his helmet on and he's doing his little jig and all this stuff. And they loved him. And I'm going, how in the world, with all the poverty that West Virginia faces, are they getting behind a guy with a gold toilet that lives in New York City? How did that happen? And it was the connection with the forgotten man. So I wrote this whole op-ed and and analysis of the 2016 election was that's how Donald Trump won. He tapped into the forgotten man where uh, manufacturing had passed by, all that stuff, and, and moved offshores. That was a big part of 16. So then Richmond, north of Richmond, comes out, and I go, this song is tapping that same, that same challenge that people are facing in this, in this country, where they're feeling forgotten. And he speaks directly to that that song became a viral hit. Did I have anything to do with that? Absolutely not. But I noticed it. I noticed I could read the tea leaves, right? And, uh, and the trends there. And so the Fox News debate this week starts with that song. And that issue is back. Now, I'm going to qualify. And I think the issue has shifted. And this is why Donald Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson was totally different. Because if you go watch Tucker's interview with Donald, it has almost nothing to do with issues. Almost nothing. And it's everything to do with the growth of a corrupt federal government. 
And if I'm reading the tea leaves again, properly looking out on the horizon, that could be the primary issue. Why is Donald Trump up 40 points over all the other Republican candidates? Is it because of the Supreme Court? No, I don't think it is. I mean, he's, he's got a track record there, but uh, do I think Republicans are getting behind Donald Trump because of the Supreme Court? No. Do I think it's necessarily the economy? Partly. He's got a good track record. But that Tucker Carlson issue was almost exclusively around the corruption of the federal government and the role Donald Trump's going to play in dismantling that. Now, Donald Trump, at the very end of that interview, when Tucker's interviewing him, Tucker goes, what's your number one priority? And I think Tucker was leading that way. What is your number one priority going to be? And, and I think Donald Trump messed it up because he went to the border. I don't think the border's the number one issue. I think polling, yeah, you may see some pollsters that go, ah, the border's an important issue, of course. But I think the underlying issue as to why you have why Donald Trump is up 40 points among Republicans is the notion of an enlarged, out-of-touch, corrupt federal government that he's tapping into, that he wants to reform. And I think that those Republican voters want that type of reform. That's my thesis. All right, on the show today is Dr. Tom Copeland. He's the director of research at the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. I'm going to ask you this, just straight up, Tom. Why is Donald Trump up 40 points over other Republican candidates in your analysis? Well, I think you're, I think you're right on track with that, Jeff. And, you know, you're talking about your, your sense in 2015, 16, of where Trump was going. You know, he met with Rick Santorum. He had read Rick's book. That's right. Um, about the common man. The blue-collar conservative. Called, yeah. Yeah. And he called him into a meeting at Trump Tower. And basically, you know, cribbed from Santorum's notes. I think Santorum was willing to share the ideas, but um, he tapped into the flyover country very definitely. And I, I think you're right. I think in 2016, people felt like the government was ignoring them. Now they feel like government is after them. And, uh, you know, this, this sense of, of persecution. I mean, Trump, I mean, pretty much every conversation. If they can come after me, they can come after you. And I think people are, people remember little things. Remember the you know, IRS during the Obama administration, you know, slow walking the applications mm. for 501c3 status for conservative organizations. Um, you see the collusion between big tech, social media, and the FBI and the White House and so on. And I think people are beginning to feel, I don't know, like these coils of a snake around them a little bit. And I think Trump is feeding that. I mean, I, I think, I mean, for most of us, um, that's not likely to be an issue. But, you know, it doesn't take much for, for the government, even for a local government, right, to say, well, we're going to come after your preschool because you don't, uh, you don't teach the right thing on gender. Or we're going to come after your cake shop or your uh, wedding website. And so I think people are already feeling that. And then Trump is, you know, he, he's stoking it. He's encouraging it by his. Uh, you know, and, and the Democrats are, for whatever reason, it's a strategy, right, to to try to take Trump down with all of these all these cases. Now, of course, if if a jury of his peers finds him guilty, then then that has to be taken you know taken seriously. Um, some of the cases like Georgia um, seem kind of manufactured, kind of like the New York one. You know, we'll make up some state charges because the federal charges won't stick, and so on. 
But I think Trump is, is definitely tapping into that sense of, of aggrievement. I would say one of the things that's interesting to me was that he chose to do this. I mean, not only, you know, he and Tucker both are on the outs with Fox News, obviously. Yeah, right. But if you look, I'm, I'm really curious about the demographics of those two viewer groups, because the Fox News audience skews older, right? And they would tend to turn out for the primaries. The Twitter crowd, Twitter X, whatever we want to call it now, <laughs> uh, according to their stats, it, it, as of 2022, only 12% of Twitter users were over the age of 45. So Trump is taking that conversation with Tucker, I mean, partly to stick it to Fox, but he's also aiming at a much younger demographic with this. You know, three-fourths of their users are, are 18 to 44. So people probably were not switching. I mean, some people were, but most people were not switching back and forth between the debate and Twitter. You're either a Twitter person or a Fox News person. It's pretty rare, I think, to find someone who crosses over. You know, one of the things that strikes me as interesting, going back to this notion of kind of government overreach into personal lives, I've, I've I follow quite a few folks on Twitter from the black community that are saying that this the the government kind of push into Donald Trump. The, I want I don't want to say persecution, but maybe the unlawful kind of use of government to go after Donald Trump is resonating with the black community as well, who feels sometimes they're unfairly, unjustly arrested, those types of things. So that speaking of demographics on Twitter, I have found that notion fascinating. Maybe that's that, maybe that's my next article where I look at, you know, how coal miners are supporting Donald Trump, um, how the black community may be looking at the these indictments of Donald Trump in a way that benefits Donald Trump because they faced uh, un- unfair indictments as well in, in their lifetime. So this is amazing. This is a moment in American history I have never seen. When I go back, I mean, I, I remember watching the, the Bush and Gore debates and then uh, Bush and Kerry and Obama and McCain and then all the primaries and, and watching this and soaking this all in and they're focused in on issues. And yeah, they go kind of, ticky-tack and and go back and forth on personality issues. But the notion that the primary issue driving Republican primary voters right now is government corruption is amazing to me because I haven't seen that as the top issue in my lifetime in any campaign. Have you, Tom? No, I don't think so. And and it's interesting that it's I mean, another huge factor, obviously, are the Biden investigations. Yeah. Um, people can people can see the absolute double standard. Now, if this was happening immediately post Barack Obama, now I have my own questions on some of his policies and his approach to race issues and so on. But there were never any suggestions, at least during his administration, of, you know, bribery, corruption, influence peddling, those kinds of things that the whole Biden family is being accused of now. Um so you wouldn't have seen that kind of thing. But right now you've got, you know, in the same in the same news story, these comparisons of the protection of certain parties, certain families like the Biden family, um, while the Trump uh, while Trump's being, you know, strategized against these charges are being brought against them. So I think that's also part of the story. People see this just this incredible contrast. Jeff Hunt here with the Frontier Freedom Hour. We're talking the debates that took place this week in the interview of Donald Trump on Tucker Carlson. We're going to continue this. We're going to get into the abortion issue when we come back after these messages. 